Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of GCC Talk, the podcast from Grace Community Church here in Crossville, Tennessee. Today, we're going to be doing another Bible study. We're going into our next chapter of 1 John. Uh, we've done 1 John 1 and 2, and now we're going to be jumping into chapter 3. Today, I'm joined by my amazing wife, Jessica. Hello. And that's it. It's just the two of us today. Uh, we are actually missing our third musketeer. Um, I know. I know. So it's just going to be the two of us, but we're going to look at this and kind of break it down. Uh, we've each done a little bit of studying, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what we got out of it, what it means to us, um, and, and how we can kind of uh, take that into account into our lives today. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sound good? Yes. Okay. All right. So I will go ahead and start reading, and I'll just read like the first 10 verses, and then we'll kind of talk about it, and then we'll work our way through it. Okay. Sound good? All right, so it says this in 1 John 3, and I'm reading in NIV if you want to make sure that's your translation you're in. It says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in them, and they cannot go on sinning, because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child. Nor is anyone who does not love their brother or sister. So, okay, a pretty action-packed first ten verses there. Yeah. Um, we we make a we go all the way from the lavished love of God to mm. those who sin are of the devil. Um, <laughs> yeah. We we make a few few different transitions there. Stark uh, contrast. Yes, stark contrast for sure. <laughs> yeah. So the the very first thing we see, and and I actually remember speaking on this verse at one point because um, I remember breaking down the word lavish. Um, and, and the word lavish is like an abundant amount. And it says in verse one, see what great love the father has lavished on us. And it's a, a, a abundant, like insurmountable amount. It's, it's amount of love that we can't comprehend as children. Right. Um, and then that it goes that we should be called children of God. And, and we know that in this context, a child, um, was a direct like inheritance, uh, to, to like the father. So just the statement that we are children of God. Um, it is huge. Mm-hmm. It, it's something that I feel like a, in modern day Christianity we kind of lose because we say it all the time. Oh, we're God's children. We're children of the King, you know, um, and we sort of lose the meaning. But in this day to say that you are a child of God um, might have been near blasphemy if someone else had heard you say it. But mm-hmm. but that is our position um, in Christ is that we are then made a child of God. So there's just just a lot just to that wording that we are actually children of God. Yeah, and I think I think too that it might be even more substantial than what we think of as children too. Like mm-hmm. our relationship with our children is obviously great, but they celebrated ch- children much more abundantly than we we mm-hmm. celebrate children even today. Mm-hmm. And that's like 
that's saying something. I think people really do celebrate their kids and love their kids, obviously. Mm -hmm. But having kids in their time was much more of a massive thing for Mm -hmm. them and their family. Right. Right. I mean, their future, I mean, if you think about it with kids at that time, their future was their children. There, yeah. there was no retirement plans. There was mm-hmm. no Social Security, right? So they had to have children who could take care of them whenever they got too old to take care of themselves. So it was, yeah, they, they cared a lot for their children. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they wanted someone to pass down their mm-hmm. legacy to. Right. Yeah. Right. Just like, I mean, we see uh, with the story of the prodigal son that, that he was someone, uh, the son had an inheritance coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, as a children, you would have that inheritance. So to say that we are children of God, we have, you know, an inheritance from God. Right. And I read this and I read it, I read it in the NLT, so it might be worded a little bit differently mm-hmm. than I was thinking. But it says the one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So in the NLT version, it says, but when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. So what stood out to me when I read that was, but when people keep on sinning, and I think sometimes there's a difference in we're obviously as Christians going to sin. Sometimes we're going to fail and we're going to make mistakes and things are going to happen. And I mean, and, and they may, and and it's going to happen often. Um, but this is directly saying, but when people keep on sinning Mm -hmm. and to me, that seems like it's, you know, it's, it's something that people don't want to change, you know, that that's kind of referring to. Yeah, exactly. But it shows that if if we want to continue to sin, then we don't belong to God, that we belong more to the devil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we actually see uh, in this passage of Scripture, we see a few interesting things. um, Because upon immediately reading, we do read um, the verses like you were talking about just then. And Mm -hmm. one moment, I've tabbed away. I was I jumped back over first John one to check on something. So we do see we do see in it where it talks about sin. Um, so like in, in verse four it says, Everyone who sins breaks the law. Uh, everyone who sins breaks the law, in fact, sin is lawlessness. So in verse five it goes on and it says, But you know that he appeared so that he might take away your sins, and it says, In him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Um, and so it talks really um, really bad about like sin. I mean, obviously sin is bad, but it talks specifically about how like those who sin um, don't know Jesus, right? Th- mm-hmm. Those who sin don't know him, don't see him. Um, whereas we read back in, in verse or in chapter one, uh, John actually says that he came, uh, he came to like save us from our sins. So yeah. It, yeah, it's not that we sin. So w- we have to understand what does actually mean here. And that's one reason I chose the NIV is because I think it expresses it really well that it, it says like keeps on sinning. Right. That anyone who sins. So it's it's a not necessarily a single mistake, but it's a habitual thing. Yes. That it's something that, that you keep doing over and over and over and you allow that to like rule your life. Once you're ruled by sin, you're not ruled by mm-hmm. God. Right. Um, and so your sin essentially becomes your God at that point. Right, which is what it continues on in verse 9. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to continue to read in the NLT, just like I said, sure. I just studied it in that. But um, those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. And so I think it was interesting the word practice there. 
um, that shows intention. Mm -hmm. So those who, so you could read it, those who have been born into God's family do not make an intention of sinning because God's life is in them. Right. And so like, that's the difference that I'm, I'm making is that sin in and of itself is going to happen. Even if we are Jesus followers, even if we have a great relationship with God, we're still going to Mm -hmm. sin, but it's not an intention of Mm -hmm. sinning. Yeah. Yeah, I it, think that's the difference. Yeah, that it, it's it's more um, accidental. It's more mm-hmm. a mistake. Yeah, like you don't you don't identify yourself as the sin you commit. Right, right. It's it's you are a Christian who has sinned. Yeah, not you are a sinner. Right, right. You're a Christian first. Mm-hmm. You're a Christian first, yeah. and you're you're a follower of Jesus. And in doing that, means you are trying to live a life without that sin. Mm-hmm. You're trying to live a life um, where you don't sin. Mm-hmm. And though mistakes may happen, because none are perfect, we are perfect. We need Jesus, mm-hmm. right? None of us are perfect, so we will fall. Um, but the point is, is that we get back up and we continue to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? And the temptation might not go away, mm-hmm. or and the struggle might not go away. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the sinful part of that is not to be tempted, it's not a sin to be tempted, it's not a a sin to struggle, Mm -hmm. but it is a sin to act upon them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So, okay, you want to go ahead and start reading uh, in verse 11? Sure. We'll just finish this chapter out. It says, this is the message you heard from the beginning. Who should love one another? Do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commands us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. All right. So a lot to look at, a lot of really good stuff. Um, I do want to jump right back, though, because right here we see John kind of pulls out that reference. Um, and talks about Cain and how Cain uh, belonged to the evil. And we kind of know this. I think we all know the story of Cain and Abel. Um, they both brought their, uh, you know, they both brought their sacrifices to God. Um, God liked Abel's, did not like Cain's. Um, and so Cain, being jealous, killed his brother Abel. Um, and, and so right here, John is saying that. But we, giving the context of likes, meaning, meaning Abel's cost him something, Cain's did not. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so Abel actually brought something of value. Cain mm-hmm. just brought what he 
had handy, right? right. Um, the thought was that was that Abel put in the thought, and he brought like the prized um, prized lamb, right? Mm-hmm. And and so God approved of that sacrifice, but did not approve of Cain's sacrifice. And so Cain, being jealous, killed his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and right here, John is is telling us not to be like Cain. Um, and he says, you know, why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. And that's what mm-hmm. we see is that um, he was just overwhelmed with that evil and his brothers were righteous. Um, and then he goes on, and he says, do not be surprised, my brothers, sisters, if the world hates you. Um, and I think this is something we can see very much today is there's just in general a lot of hatred in the world and that as Christians trying to share, you know, uh, love and hope and light, we can very much um, be hated, but this is something the Bible warned us about long before today. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this chapter talks specifically about how the devil comes and he comes to, he comes to do damage and he comes to be temptation. And I think that the world that we live in today, much like the world that we've lived in ever since the creation of it, right. we have all had issues with temptation and struggle and, um, Mostly just idolizing ourselves and what we want and in being a lot like Cain because we want our worship to not cost us anything. Mm-hmm. And realistically, God is calling us to be more like Abel that it, it does. It does yeah, kind of cost does. us. It costs us something in terms of sometimes it costs us our comfort. Sometimes it costs us our friendships and the things that we like to do. And I mean, it can be more extreme or, you know, more tame than that. But it's pretty much ultimately what it is, you know. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And uh, he goes on down in verse 15. He says that anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And we know this is something that Jesus originally had said. Um, And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. And so, again, this is this is a call to one not to hate but but it is to love and and we are called you know jesus said when asked what the most important commandment is is love the lord your god with all your heart soul strength and mind and then love your neighbor love your neighbor as yourself Mm -hmm. right that's the most important thing is that we are as christians to love um and he says this is how we know what love is jesus christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters um and i love down in verse 18 he says Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Mm-hmm. So it's not just enough to to say or 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 speech. I like that he just said, he said even speech. Like it's not enough to just go out and and put on a, a show of words or make that Facebook post talking mm-hmm. about how much you love everyone. Yeah, but then your actions don't convey that, right? Yeah, which is like. Like I said, I studied this in the NLT and verse 18 reads, um, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's great. I mean, like that's exactly what the people in my life that I respect the most who have been very influential in my walk with Jesus have been the people who show me that they love me versus just telling me that they love me. Yeah, very true. But then also... So in verse 19, it says our actions will show that we belong to the truth so that we will be confident when we stand before God. And I like that. I think sometimes we get caught up on like actions. It's not saying that our actions are what makes us stand before Mm -hmm. God. Like it's not our actions that save us in essence, but it is what gives us confidence Mm -hmm. in our salvation. Right. Um. 
And I wrote down that we don't have to do works to be saved, but that is a byproduct of our salvation in our life with Jesus mm-hmm. is if we're it, when we do works out of out of our love for Jesus, mm-hmm. that is an evidence of our salvation. Right. Well, even over in, in James, it says that faith without works is dead. Yeah. Uh, and in James, it really seems to point to like, if you, if you know Jesus, if you have faith, you will work, you will do things, you will, you will love and you will, you will change things and you will actually take action. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's definitely a byproduct of having faith and having a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, impossible to love your neighbor without actionably loving your neighbor. Yeah. Right. And then verse 20 said, even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. And I think in youth group, you've been talking a lot about um, how God is greater than our feelings. Just because we don't feel like we're close to God doesn't mean we're not just because we don't feel God's presence in something doesn't mean it's not there just because God isn't confined by our feelings of if he exists or not Mm -hmm. it's kind of it's irrelevant right (laughs) um and i just think that that's interesting that that's there yeah and then in verse 21 it says dear friends if we don't feel guilty we can come to god with bold confidence Mm. um and i like that because um i like that because the devil often comes and makes us feel guilty. I mean, the very first thing that he convinced Adam and Eve to do or or the guilt of what their sin was in the garden was their first thing that they felt was shame and that they hid from God. Mm -hmm. And I think so often that's what happens is like we're in a relationship with God and things are going good and then we mess up and then our shame hits us and the devil hits us with shame just like he did with Adam Mm -hmm. and Eve. And then all of a sudden we distance ourselves from God. Right. And like that verse is clearly saying that the one thing that the devil does, the one thing that the devil wants for us is for us to not be able to come confidently and boldly to God. Right. Yeah. That's the one thing God gives us permission to is, is, you know, uh, when Jesus died, the veil was ripped and we mm-hmm. can come boldly to the throne of God. Like we yeah. can, we can pray and we can go to him one-on-one and, and have that communication. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And the devil tries to keep us. I know that like, um, guilt, like it mentions here, a lot of times yeah. will keep you from going to God because you're yeah. so ashamed of your sin. You're so ashamed of what you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you feel ashamed to go to God. Yeah. Um, but God is calling us and wanting us to come to, to come to the throne, right. To, to come to him and pray to him. Even and, if we've messed up. Yeah. E- even especially when yeah. we've messed up. Yeah, Absolutely. And then the next note I have is just about um, verse 24. Mm -hmm. So it's the last one. Did you have anything before that? Mm -mm. Okay, so verse 24, those who obey God's commands remain in in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. Mm -hmm. And And so my notes were, because we are closer to him when we obey and often pull away when we know we aren't. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, you know, we, we get closer to God whenever we feel like we're doing good. Mm -hmm. And then when we know, when we know we're not doing good, then we pull away from God. And then that keeps us, that builds us up with the shame and the guilt and we don't come confidently to God. So I think you can, you can see that honestly, just in, in everyday life, if you really reflect on it in yourself, like when you are, when you're doing good at avoiding temptation, when you're doing good at not sinning, when you're doing good at 
you know, staying away from the things you said you would stay away from, mm-hmm. you're you're more apt to pray. You're you're more apt to go to church. You're more apt to read the Bible. Whereas when you start caving and giving in to those sins one by one, you'll see um, those those practices you had built up start to diminish. You stop attending church as much. You mm-hmm. you stop reading. You stop praying. Right, and yeah. you you slowly walk away um, from God. And I mean, that's one thing. Like on as as youth pastors, when we see a student stop coming as frequently we do start to worry and and want to try to reach out and stuff because we know we know how that goes i mean yeah yeah i think that this chapter has is is a warning in a way to us too and and kind of like guidelines of where we should be and how we can how we can counteract that once we realize that the devil is attacking us and making us feel guilty then we can be like oh i feel guilt and shame i need to go to church i need to get closer to God. I need right. to listen to worship music. I need to, I need to focus on my relationship yeah. with God instead of hiding from it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know it's hard, but never, or try to never let, um, those moments draw you away from God. I mean, mm-hmm. that, ultimately that's what the devil wants is he wants to be able to use our sin and our shame and our guilt, just like he did with Adam and Eve to, to yeah. draw us away from God. Um, and it's, so it's in those moments when we mess up that we need to be, you know, calling up someone who is, uh, you know, someone a little higher than you in the faith that you can call up like, Hey, I messed up. What do I need to do? Or that if you don't have that person, you can open up the Bible, right? You can, you mm-hmm. can pray, you can make sure you go back to church and, and, and it's don't allow the devil to get a hold of you and pull you away from God. Right. Okay, guys, I think that's all we have. What another great chapter. Um, we'll be back in our next episode with First John chapter 4. And Teresa should be back for that one. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> but I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if you don't mind, leave us a review on the iTunes store. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.